Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, and this is Ben and Barry on football. What's up out there, y'all? This is your co-host, Ben Dickerson, coming into week five of the NFL schedule. Week four was quite an offensive juggernaut. Every team that won scored 20 points or more, every single one of them, and a lot of the losers did too. Oh, and by the way, I would be remiss living in Philadelphia to not say, even though I'm not a fan, the Philadelphia Eagles are still the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Yeah, and Eagle fans are reveling. Yes. They're posing that now they're beginning to pose the question if their team is actually the best team in the NFL, which I think is really a crazy question to talk about only going into five weeks of the season. But let's face it, everybody does that every season from game one on. Who's the best team right now is an ongoing conversation. So right now, Eagle fans can throw their hat in the ring as to whether or not they feel like their team is the best team in the NFL. Well, when your line's rated number one on offense, and I believe practically on defense also, uh, your quarterback's playing well. You've got a, a top-notch receiving core and a good running back. Um, and they seem to be putting it together. Now, last week, the intriguing game of the week, I believe that was the Jaguars-Eagles, right? Correct. The rain game, and it became obvious that Trevor Lawrence was not adept at handling a wet football. <laughs> He had his Eagles throw. got a lot of undeserved turnovers in the game. Yes, they did. So they well, I wouldn't say deserved. Well, you know, I mean, they were finally. It's not like they, you know, not like the pressure from the rush. Got to we just fumbled that. What, what's it all about? Turnovers don't make turnovers. Don't get the ball away. Get the ball. We're gonna talk about that in the next session. Um, you're right. Uh, last great thing. Now, for example, you gotta watch a little bit of uh, college ball, right? And I was watching. Oh, that's the the AC ball that they've been showing. The NFL channel wants to have games. Oh, games. games. Okay. In the end of the game, they're winning. They're winning. But they're taking it for the shotgun. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. Does it sense to you? Well, it's what they're used to doing probably in that particular program. And there are several programs like that. Like, if you remember possibly hearing of a quarterback who's playing in the NFL, it's a rookie or guy that's like Rizabi, the first ring out from Patriots. They said every single Santokian college was from the shotgun. shotgun. Yeah, every single one. So that's just what they do. You know what I mean? They don't care about it. That does come off that. They yards that you lose. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that, that was one strange thing. There were a few other strange things. Later on, we're going to talk about uh, some of the stuff that happened to us, questions about the dangers of football, the risk involved, and things of that nature. I've gotten pretty stunning here, which um, I took a, a hold of. And, uh, you know, so we're going to have fun. But we're going to kick us off, as usual, with the Sterling Point Power Rankings, or as I sometimes say, Sterling Football Net Point Power Rankings. We have your top 10 in our four main categories. That would be rank, <laughs> average net points, average points for, average points against, and average turnover differential. So look at our top points, or our top 10 in net points, uh, which is the, the stat that we look most closely at. At number one, Buffalo Bills still holding on, getting ahead of big leap, and that lead has been dwindling, but it's still holding in the one. Philadelphia with turnover, Jacksonville goes to second place. And again, I'm neglecting to mention that the Buffalo the average points are plus 14, and, points, and average turnover differential are both in the positive and in the negative. And third place, Jacksonville at 9.5 average net points. Philly and Jacksonville still kind of hanging out together. Kansas City brings in the fourth place, 8.3 net points. And San Francisco is on top by the bus, 6.3 net points. Sixth place, you have Cincinnati, 5.3. Baltimore is 7.8. Tampa, 8 at 3.5. 
Cleveland at ninth at 2.5 and Dallas at 10th at 2.3. So that's a rather interesting group in your top 10. They're actually number nine and number 10. I don't know how many people expected that. Number three is probably unexpected also, Eddie. Um, that point, was anything you want to say real quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, when we talk about the Sterling Pro Football Network rankings, we're talking about rankings that are set by the numbers. Not by opinion, not by conjecture. So just as when we start off the show, Eagle fans get in the conversation that they think their team is the best team in the right now as we speak. Okay, some folks would argue they're as good as, or maybe better than But who would argue that Jacksonville is the best team in the NFL as well? Yeah, if you go by the points that they score and the points that they've been up, there they sit in the free. Ahead of Kansas City. Mm. Kansas City had, you know, they had a rough start. And, and it's real quick, Betty. Uh, when we talk about the second season, again, before the 18, uh, week season, December 17, 18 weeks in the season, we called for four games, second preseason. That was when. Starters finally got a chance to play together. For me, it was the first time the Titans was on the field under fire and game action at the same time. So it takes a minute for those teams to begin to really get the feeling back, getting uh, synchronized, things of that nature. Now we're in this 18-week season. I said maybe we'll you know, do a week preseason. Uh, we do what we call what I call you call for the second preseason down three games. But the big one is with I didn't think maybe it should be five games. <laughs> and what leads back to for part of the reason again, we're talking about plus, where we take that we take those terrible differentials and. We pull together for a couple of bias plus. We've been under 40% in that. We're going to talk about that in the next section. Which we normally are up and up above 60%. So, again, I'm saying this is a grand experiment doing that point power. Nobody else really tracks the way we do. And so, you know, we just put these numbers together and we travel over the last few years and they've done what they've done. But so, it's interesting to see how things have turned out in this first four games, in the first four weeks. Again, this, these numbers represent all four games. And all, you know, so, this represents what they've done over the four-game period. Point. So, let me just throw that out to you real quick. From what you've you seen these teams, you can't just kind of get their act together. Games, four games, five games, we think about second preseason concept. I, think, uh, I believe my have said last week I was top four. So as far as I'm concerned, the so-called um, second preseason is now over. As evidenced by all the high-scoring offenses and a couple of really serious, prolific defensive performances of this past weekend. I think everybody's just about got things going. And at this point, I can go by, you know, the a given Sunday scenario. Because it's crazy. I have never picked as poorly <laughs> as I'm picking this year. The bias plus has never been as long. As far as winning loss are concerned, it's been this year that I can remember. And i tell you what, I was kidding myself last week, but I'm doing it anymore because a lot of gambling friends who I haven't actually verbally asked them, but normally around the time, they're bragging me about all they've done on, on DraftKings and all that stuff. I haven't heard from them. Yeah. So I'm there's other folks out there having a rough time with us just like that. Wow. Wow. That's it. And another thing I will make a note of, um, the reason that they play players in the season is because they're pretty As we look back from this one before second preseason, Kind of makes me appreciate fear a little bit because it's got a lot of people down <laughs> in, in this first four weeks. As a matter of fact, I contacted our friend Corey Clinton's uh, dad. I said, tell Corey to be on the ready because dropping life flies. <laughs> That's All right. right. Let's get to the next point. Let's look at the scoring leaders. These are the average points per game that these teams are scoring in numero uno place. Detroit Lions. Now, who would have thought that? <laughs> Crazy. I'm telling you. You got to give credit, man. You got to give Jared Goff credit. You know? I mean... Kansas City, Detroit, averaging three points per game. Kansas City, 32.3. Baltimore, third place, 29. Philly, fourth place, 28.8. Fifth place, Buffalo, 20.5. And the giant number is 28. So if you need 28, I need you to go get into a playoff. Uh, sixth place, Jacksonville, 26.3. Seventh place, Cleveland, 26.5. Jacksonville, obviously. Atlanta is in eighth place in scoring. Who? Atlanta? <laughs> Falcons? Ninth place, Miami Dolphins. And tenth place, although they're not getting it done in the win column, the Las Vegas Raiders. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I give all credit in the world to Detroit Lions offense, their offense coordinator, their coach, and the work that they've done to improve their offense. No doubt about it. They got serious work to do on defense, though. But they are scoring nine points that would normally get a team into the playoffs. Not about it. 
That's not to say that Detroit will make the playoffs. I don't really want to say right now because I had no idea they'd be scoring like this. But this is a real 35 points a game. It's crazy. Now, big Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens be there. The Eagles have proven that they ball. Buffalo has ball. Jacksonville, again, just like the third place in the overall net points, they're putting to the work. These points are easy. Cleveland, the strong game is getting done. Same in there. Scoring stands, even though they're working with Joe Brissett, waiting for Deshaun Watson. Maybe they'll take off once he comes where he moves, but they're hanging in there. The Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to talk about them when we get to Vice Plus. They've put together a pretty good run offense. Mario ain't making I'll tell you what, these guys can run the ball. I'll credit their offensive line for that. Might we expect to be a high score team. More than 25, 24, 5, I'd say, though. But they are in the top 10. And Vegas, again, offense not prolific, but pretty good. But they haven't Interesting, interesting. The defense might be just. But they said, just have a little. <laughs> Rank first place, average points in San Francisco, 49 is only five. Five seven place by Butler, 14 and five. Dallas, 15.5. Jacksonville, there you go again. 16.8. Tampa Bay and Denver are fifth and sixth tied at 17 points per game. And these are the ones being allowed. Green Bay, 17.3. Cincinnati, 17.5. The New York Giants, 17.8 tied with the Philadelphia Eagles, who round up 10 place again at 17.8 points per game. So these are the teams, the top 10 teams, in terms of being the least amount of points. All right. <laughs> but I want to say thing about it. I'm going to things. Number one, you got to be the beginning of this one. I told you how good your defense was going to be. They're going to have to be very, very good. The second thing is, when the Eagles fans want to argue about the team in the NFL right now, I'll just throw up. You're not seeing people per game, same as New York Giants. <laughs> so slow your roll. Slow your roll, honey. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry. I know guys like Fungo or whatever. I know, how about that? <laughs> there are some names. That, that, that I know that we'll talk a little bit about them later, but yeah. Uh, and interesting, because I'll take a look at um, Madden to kind of get an idea of, you know, how these guys are rated. And they don't, they, they, a lot of guys being rookies, they don't know them, you know, so they give them, you know, the appropriate ratings. Hufanga's rated 74 at strong safety. So, you know, he's not exactly a 90s, he's not exactly a now, but um, he's probably on the up and the, on the, as a matter of fact, I'm, uh, look at his characteristics, his speed and acceleration have moved up. So I think more their, their ranking will become a little more Posted about what they're actually doing. But I'm very proud of San Francisco 49ers. DeMarc um, uh, Ryan, the offense coordinator, I played uh, called a really good game. And we talked about the uh, team, you know, the games a little bit later, and we'll, we'll get more into that. But there's those Dallas Cowboys at 15.5 points per game. If you're doing that, even Cooper Rush can, uh, can help you win. And uh, let's mention again Cooper Rush, quarterbacking number 10 and average points, Dallas Cowboys. Not in top in offense, but it's okay. Let's look at the average turn differential 1 through 10. Philly, Baltimore, Arizona, Jacksonville, Tampa, Dallas, Buffalo. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Cleveland. And basically ranges between two for Philadelphia. You know, again, you know, they had a good turn over there against Jacksonville. Jacksonville was less there in first place. Again, third ball in that monsoon, they, they just really did not do a good job in the ball. They wound up in fourth place at point eight. So, what was your, what's your turn different for your top 10? Anything else on this? No, I, I was watching the play Jacksonville game, and I think that's the game early on. Jacksonville got an interception. It's probably in the first quarter. And said something about the number one over different. You text me back. That's not going to last long. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, Philadelphia is now number one in Jacksonville at number four. So, yeah, they had a real bad protective ball. Uh, they do well at all the rain up here in Philly. Uh, but I expect Jacksonville to be around near the top a few more weeks at least. Uh, and, again, you know, being number four also in points tells me their defense is much improved and is playing up to their potential, at least some deep uh, potential. I had no idea they were going to play as well as they played so far. we got to see if they can sustain. That is the, that is the question. Um, okay, there we go. Let's move on. To 11 through 20. All right, now. Uh, this is where we get to then some negative numbers, especially in their net point rankings. Again, any point had that league is negative, and that was one of the great revelations when I started looking at noise. So 11, Miami at 1.8. 12, Green Bay. That was Minnesota at 13 at 1.5 average net points per game. In other words, they were winning games by every 1.5 points on, on a game-by-game basis. So games are little here, you know? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had some of our he fought to the nail to overcome the assault from Billy Zappi 
And I'm <laughs> guy. You got it. You got it. You know what I'm saying? You got it. All right. Uh, 1.5 seven. So the Bay New York Jets are 14 at 1.3, and Atlanta Falcons 15 at 0.5. So averaging half a point more than they've given up the last four games. Now Detroit is minus 0.3, <laughs> and we remember they were first in scoring. And this APA, the points still don't see them. <laughs> so I just leave it there for now. Denver negative five. Las Vegas minus one. Carolina minus one point eight. Chicago minus 3.3. Chicago is a weird story now. What's going on with Chicago, man? I'll let you tell us that. So before we move on to points again, and tell us anything else you want to say about this. I haven't completely put my finger on what's going on with Chicago. I'm actually a little surprised to see them sitting number 20. I thought they'd be lower. Uh, minus point three. They had somehow put a few points on the board, but their defense was pretty heavy. Uh, Actually, be my ninth, right? Early on, no, but uh, I think that's probably the only thing. Yes, um, um, so. But now I say that, I look over here to points against, and I see them and team three sitting in the left. So, that, yeah, I, I think the problem is they don't score a lot and they don't give up a whole lot. It's kind of the same, you know, in the 33.3. I don't know what to say. They're just, I tell you this, they're not fun to watch. They're <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not fun to watch. <laughs> All right, so you got your points for a little bit real quick. Oh, Seattle. What the hell? Gino, oh, my. Let me something. Gino. Must heard talking bad about him, and he got two. He's hitting the fly. I play Seattle Seahawks, and, and man, and Gino was firing that ball down the face like Tom Brady. What the heck going on here? <laughs> oh my goodness, Gino! Oh, toast, toast, toast. I got coffee. I'm doing L.A. Chargers scoring 23 points per game, and 13 Cincinnati 2028, 40 Arizona 15 Minnesota 21.5, Tampa Bay right low down at 16.5, 17 Carolina 19.5, and then you got 18, 19, and 20th place. Orleans, Orleans, the Jets, and the Giants all coming in at 19 points. Per game that they're having. So, this is, uh, these are the teams that uh, when we talk about the second season, offensively, there could be some some real movement from this group. Yeah, like move for the rest of the season. Everybody's expecting Tampa to get their act together. Um, you know, he's hoping that Tom Brady and his wife and family are having trips with the mess. You know that uh, that's part of what's going on there. But it's also so much going on for in terms of uh, Indies and, and things like that. So, there's your scores, right? 11 through 20. Anything? Uh, I'm just happy to see the Giants have a consistent 19 points per game. Uh, sometimes it's like doing, doing it with uh, spit and bowling. Somehow they're getting it done. Uh, the Jets are a little surprising, able to put up 19 points. Zach Wills back. That's a big deal for them. Tampa Bay, I'm sure, will move them to the top 10 once everybody's back in health. Uh, they show that they don't get it done with Mike Evans himself. So, Ricky Evans are prolific. Uh, Godwin was the first back from, um, from his injury, so he'll only get better. Cam Rate has got to start playing better. He's got to start playing better. He can start playing better. They're going to start looking for the tight end. The call's going to block for Mike. It's crazy. And, and he got his bell rung. So, I don't know what I'm going to get him. Kirk Cousins is around. Uh, and I suggest Justin Herbert to move into the top 10 and score also the Chargers. All right. Defensively, Chicago 11, it's Minnesota 12, Carolina, Indianapolis tied at 21.3, taking up 13 and 14. Pittsburgh 22.5, Miami 22.8, Houston coming in 17.3.3, the Rams 23.5 at 18th place. I don't believe people were expecting the Seahawks uh, at that point um, in terms of their defense. Cleveland 23.8 and New Orleans 24 points. So this is how many points these teams are giving up per game. Chicago through New Orleans. Then they do average over the Uh 11 through 15, everybody's tied at point three. The Houston Chargers, the Giants, Cincinnati, Minnesota. And then 16 to 20, they're tied at zero. So they're ready even Chicago, Miami, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Denver. All right. 11 through 20. Okay, I got to say about uh, average points against. What comes to my looking at the system, 11 20, is how many defenses I thought were going to be really good this year have proven to be not very good at all. Number one, because I'm surprised at them. The Rams also, come on, man. 25 points per game. Cleveland also. And Saints were predicted in fantasy runs to be really good this year, and they have good at all. And basically, uh, Marshall Lattimore and a bunch of stiffs. This is crazy. They put Lattimore on the other team's best receiver, and he plays great. He has high plays every game. What's the rest of the team, though? <laughs> Even if you force game, that's great. Uh, throw differential, uh, I'm not surprised. This middle group, 
and you're pretty much getting the results. And see, one, two, three, four, five teams, they're all zero on board, meaning they're getting the ball at the same rate that they can ball away. Absolutely. Even there on the turnover difference. That's seven through 20 there. All right. We're going to finish this out. With the bottom third, we're going to have as 21 through 32. And Arizona, minus 3.8. You'll know these are all negative numbers from the 21. Pittsburgh and the Chargers minus 4. New Orleans, Houston, Seattle minus 5. That's 24 through 26. 27, 28. New England and the Rams minus 6. The Jets and Tennessee. Well, the Jets are 29th at minus 6.3. The uh, Tennessee Titans at minus 6.5. minus 7. And Washington Commanders are commanding last place at net point at minus 8.5. Well, there's your group here, Benny. Your net point group. You want to go for the other uh, carries? Yeah, you might use what you don't. I, I don't want to have to say about the guy. Well, average point score. The story group, we see that uh, 21 through 26 are in that 18 points per game, around 18.18.3. Tennessee, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, England, Washington, and Houston all scoring about 18 points per game. Dallas, 17.8 points per game, tied with my Niners. Super rush. 27-28 scoring. So we've got a bunch of guys in defense that's keeping us in, and we are 0.3 points ahead of the 20th place LA Rams at 17.5. There is 30 of a 60.5, 31st-ish, kind of 16. At 32nd place in scoring are the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Very last place in scoring with Matty Ice. And Matty Ice, he's a pretty good match with me. He was okay. Okay, all right. Let's look at defense real quick. 21st, your favorite whipping team. They can see Chiefs 24 points game. 22 and, uh, is 24.8. That's the Patriots. Uh, 23rd, 24th place, that's your race and your um, Baltimore Ravens putting up 25 points per game. Is that one of the teams you talked about better defense, Ben? Absolutely. Well, then that was better than the Atlanta Falcons and the Jets and the Tennessee Titans putting up 25 points per game. Atlanta and Tennessee at 25th through 27th. Arizona's coming at 28th at 25.8. Commanders 26.8. As I get the last place, went right down that area in defense. Chargers, 27 points per game. They're giving Seattle 28.8. And, well, Lucas very nice. The team with the first place is scoring. <laughs> so now they don't you see. Averaging scoring 35 points per game, allowing 35 points per game, consequently their net points at plus 0.3. Simple as that. That's all we do. Take a look at it. We do simple math. So we're not where people are. It's not the total picture, but a big part of it because the bonus is points that make the difference. As you can see from the average differential, uh, Seattle breaks even and 21st place at zero, and everyone's in the negative 0.3 down to the last place, well, in the Saints at 1.8. So there you go. 0.5, 0.5, 0.8, 1.5, 1.5, 1.8. There you go. That's the Dead Carolina Rams. Swimming Bay. Washington, Indianapolis, and New Orleans Saints. And last question, turnover differential. So, whoo, man, those are the numbers. Anything before we go? Uh, No, I'll just say there's some teams on this list between 21 and 32 in the year turnover differential that are going to be hardest to win games. If they give away more than they take it away, it's just going to be tough. I mean, I know the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions, but if they keep the ball away more than they take it away, it's going to be tough for them to win games. Same thing for the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's up to the point uh, Aaron's going to come against a team. Who can put points up on the board? I don't know that you're dying, Benny. <laughs> what they can put points up on the board? Ninety. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a win, but again, we talk over them. If they give the ball away, then they put themselves in a the position to lose each of the New Jacks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, there. Well, let's get ready to move on to the next part of the show. We're going to move on to bias, and we're going to kick this thing off with a Thursday night matchup. Ah, first thing I football. So, you know, it's, it's really great, man. You finish money a couple days, I get your head together, and then Thursday right here, and ready to go at it. So, we're going to move on to bias, and we're going to kick this thing off with a Thursday night matchup. Ah, first thing I football. So, you know, it's, it's really great, man. You finish money a couple days, I get your head together, and then Thursday right here, and ready to go at it. So, 
We had Indianapolis Colts visiting the Denver Broncos. They're going to go up in my stadium. The Broncos are favored. Let's score of 8.2. There goes Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson. Nice. I understand that uh, the Colts will be with up there all pro running back. Uh, Denver's trying to figure out why the running backs are fumbling the ball the way they do. But the Broncos are favored. So for Thursday Night Football, Benny, who you got? Well, let's see. Let's look at some analysis. Oh, by the way, you probably looked at the team last week. Uh, the Broncos are also down this running back, Devontae Williams. He's actually out for the entire season. season I know. He's got ACL and an LCL. So that's, that's tough. It's going to be a tough rehab for him to, uh, you know, keep fingers for him. So, anyway, in all season, Coach brought in veteran quarterback Matt Ryan to game manage a one center offense that's by the running back, John Detail. He's actually the running back or was not running back in the league. Like he's been over there. They now find some leaning on Ryan from where he wanted because their running game is no longer I don't think it's completely on Jonathan Taylor, but I'm also not sure if it's completely on Jonathan's line. I know they made changes. They lost a couple of stars. Uh, two to be specific. One guy actually went to the Giants, and one guy they just didn't sign. I don't think tight, but they didn't sign for whatever reason. Started last year, and he's gone. So I don't know what to make of that thing. But uh, something that was once dominant for the Colts now not dominant at all. Um, the Broncos in the offseason been the quarterback too, and they blessed him with a solid game and a nice young receiver core that was full of But Russell Wilson just not enough to expect He's just not. Last weekend's game against Rams was actually one of the most fishing games. But the offense scored once on six second half drops. So they had six offensive drives in half. And he only scored one touchdown. That's not going to get it done. I cannot believe in Russell Wilson. That's enough for me. I think they're actually going to go in uh, and pull this one out of the Colts. Now, how much do you think on Russ versus that coaching staff he has? Well, obviously, the coach has been struggling in management. They brought somebody in to the booth and help him with that. Uh, as far as the other coaching is concerned, the defense isn't quite as good as they seemed to be early on, I think. But they're a little bit more solid than what I've seen outside the wall. I blame Russ. This receiving board is actually on paper really nice. Now, they did lose Javante Wade. Melvin Gore is the guy that has fumble lights. So you got to see how he does carrying the game. And they got another young guy named Mike Boone who will probably take up the slack and get some um, get some also. But things were going well for them offensively. I don't see how Javante Williams going to help. It can only hurt. It can hurt. Until Russ starts making better kicks of these receivers, it's just not going to happen. Well, both teams are negative in terms of points. They're coming at uh, minus 23, and then the Indians at minus 7. So obviously, that favors Denver. They're just negative. Uh, Denver scoring 16 and a half points a game. And Indianapolis is giving up 21 points per game. Indianapolis is scoring 14, and the Denver Broncos are giving up 17. So I get the feeling that this is a, a what do we call it, an underrated? It'll, it'll be a close one. <laughs> so, right. you know, they're, they're not that far apart. And both teams think they really got to get together. So, I mean, when, you're, when offense is right 30, and the other is right 32nd. You know, and the one thing has going for the game, they rank six defensively as a student in the 14. So, uh, you're on this, right? Yes, I am. And I'll admit, that being said, it happens. But if I go veteran quarterback versus veteran quarterback, I'm putting money on that run in this one. Okay. Okay. Like I said, Ikea, usually have a decent game, but, you know, I heard some like, they some kudos this way. Like, yeah, you know, let's drive things. So, we'll see how that all works out. Okay. And that's up Thursday night football. Ben's going with the Colts over the Broncos and not going with the Bias. All right, Ben. Next up is a New York Giants going into Lambeau Field. Look! Look who's got us! The Green Bay Packers and Vice Plus score a point nine. Hey, the Giants. Oh. How crazy is that? How oh, crazy man. is that? I know, I know. <laughs> but babe, you wonder, you wonder why it's so crazy even more so? Sure. Well, if you remember, Green Bay came in 12th in net points at 1.5. Right. Giants came in 14th at 1.3. Mm. They were on two net points apart into this. However, the Green Bay Packers ran 29 over differential, minus 0.8, and the Giants ran 13 at 0.3. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I watch the Giants, and I'm rooting for them, and I don't know how they're doing it, but they seem to be very, very confident. I love the way they're playing. They love their coach staff. They do what the guys ask them to do, so how they seem up wins. It's amazing. 
You know, thank God for Saquon Barkley on his second year after his knee injury. He's really playing really well, but he's leading the league in rushing. So that's a wonderful thing. Uh, now, I don't know if it's a big problem or not, but after Daniel Jones ran for two first half touchdowns last week, he injured his back. Tyrod Taylor came in. We talked to Tyrod Taylor a weeks ago. I think my comment you had, you mentioned him was, <laughs> what? He goes in, he gets concussed. That's Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor has to be the youngest guy in the NFL, man. So he, he gets concussed. Daniel goes back on the field with a bad ankle. So what do they do? They go to Wildcat. They keep Daniel Jones in the game because he got the mic on it. They play the plays Jones. He calls the plays. They line up wide receiver and let Saquon run, run the Wildcat. Genius. They got to give that quarterback. Yeah. And oh, give yeah. Him because I think they give to Eli. Instead of them drafting quarterback, they, they took Saquon. A lot of people thought that was a mistake. That's what they did. I believe that they're trying to give Eli the year on the contract. See, it's something we're running back. That's why we're going to give. Now he's playing quarterback, too. Well, oh, by the way, it did that the defense recovered for Bears fumbles. Oh, no, that didn't hurt at all. So, anyway, they're going to play Packers this year in Green Bay. Aaron just said the way that the Packers beat New England last week was not successful. Like those were the words they used in his post game conference. No, they're not strong offensively as he wanted. But I'm going to see where he's starting to gain confidence. And they're slowly beginning to gain Aaron's confidence also. Uh, the running core of Aaron Jones and Angel are still reliable as ever. They're doing part key drives a lot. And the defense was a little bit leaky. That's the key I actually thought they had a really solid one defense. And a pretty good secondary, and it was going to help them win games or these key games until Rogers and the recent court could kind of get themselves together. I still believe that is true, but like I said, they were at Lee uh, last week. Uh, that's something to keep your eyes on. That being said, yes, I'm going to go down to the limb. You actually have been going out last year, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to pick my New York Giants to come to Limbo Field and beat the Packers. Is they kind okay? Like, uh, I did not check the injury report today. This is crazy about us doing a show on Wednesday. Everybody on TV. As the benefit of not having to make predictions until later day or on Friday, football Friday is what they call it. I got to do my Wednesdays when the injury reports haven't updated and the chance for guys to get the last practices in on Thursday and Friday, be it limited practice or full practice, hasn't yet. So I'm going to handicap, but I'm going to assume that he'll be okay. And in fact, I think he's going to say I'm playing something. The thing that uh, I'm noticing about uh, Danny Dimes, and this is what I kind of expect the second season, he's still doing a lot of running. And he is second only to Lamar Jackson to taking hits. So he takes a lot of hits. And um, you know, with an ankle injury, he might actually have to work out of the pocket and, and work getting that ball out on time. You know, so not doing running around. So that's what's going to be important to see. And I'm like, looking forward to seeing how he's going to get that way. Because between uh, Aaron, with Aaron Jones and Dylan, yep. you know, they're connected. You know, one, one, two, 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 one, this is the game that has, the, I think, the largest uh, handicap. <laughs> biggest. I think the Buffalo Bills are actually going to favor those Pittsburgh Steelers. By some scores, eight people fit in those Buffalo Bills. And we finally have a new quarterback in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it all along. Yeah. Personally, I'll be busy with holding the job at least until like week six. I knew somewhere, <laughs> somewhere along the line this one had to happen. I'm sorry, Sam. You turned into Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky turned into Trubisky. Um, the, 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 the problem was, well, the reason why I thought he lasted a little longer was because of Mike Tomlin. You know, I thought Tom was going to give him every single time opportunity to hold on to the job. If for no other reason, then he keeps some kind of veteran continuity at the position in hopes that they would roll on get a few wins here and there. Mitchell Trubisky. The guy's too on erratic. Tom could take it anymore. He won't break your halftime against Jets. And he wouldn't make it. Now, I believe Kenny Pickett is their quarterback in the future as a dreading war. That would be big. I think Kenny Pickett is the best guy for the job on this particular team. What I'm hearing from most of the so-called experts is that they're weak making this move. Time to make the move was after this play on Thursday night the week before because they had long extra days. To give Kenny Pickett extra reps in practice with number one eyes. Makes sense, okay? But now, throwing out there, without those extra reps, and that's the Buffalo Bills. 
not a good formula. Not a good formula at all. So all I can really say about those is they bounced back at Midway from a bad loss in Miami a couple weeks ago. And they fell behind early against Baltimore, but they weren't back at Baltimore at the end, as they should have. The Bills are still the Bills. Steelers are in trouble. This one could get ugly. Take the Bills. Yeah, because he's one there. All right. The L.A. Tuckers. I think Lane Browns and Kobe Bissett. Five score six point five eight. Brown and I think would expect that as well. There's the Browns quarterback early on. You like charges, didn't you? I like the charges quite a bit before the season started. They stumbled at the blocks. That's okay. I believe them. I'm gonna stick with my uh, earlier investigations that I made the season that I've been so far. However, I look for signs of improvement, and this weekend, this past weekend, I did get some. So it was a week ago that I called out for being MIA and uh, disappointing multitudes of fancy owners around the world, including myself, Austin Eckler. I'm like, dude, where are you? Well, he showed up. He made it in Houston and got a TD pass and ran for two touchdowns also. Justin Herbert played well. He stayed relatively clean. He ragged the 340 yards in the and he threw for touchdowns. That's very promising. I think the charges start to get better. I'm still denying the defense, though. As good as Cleveland Pass Rush has been, they only got Marcus Mariota in, uh, in the Atlanta Falcons last weekend. They only got Demarcus Mariota once and 202 yards on the ground. Not good. Chargers go to the ground and beat the Browns. I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, are you really? Yes, I am. Well, the Chargers, Chargers' defense is ranked 30th. They're giving up 27 points per game. I know. Cleveland's offense is ranked 7th. Scoring 26.3 points per game. So, That's my third road team I picked so far. It's crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, I tell you. All right, Mr. Gowan and them. It goes. All right. We'll keep it all that. Well, we talked about the Chicago Bears, and we talked about the Minnesota Vikings. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I watched uh, the game, I made a notice that looking like her cousins about to take over the game in the first place, he brought back to real cousins, including the turnover. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, they barely got by in that game. They really did. Uh, but I expect that the highest bus is probably going to hold because they talk about the Bears and their struggles. 5.1 is the highest score favorite in the Minnesota Vikings. You can talk bad about things all you want. You know what I'm saying? This is what the vision matter, but these two teams are heading in different directions. The Bears are a mess. Your team turns the ball over three times and your quarterback gets sacked six times. And your defense gives up 262 yards on the ground. You're going to be hard pressed to win. I'm sorry. That's just, they're a mess. You know, they're actually rolling, believe it or not. They're 3 and 1. They're putting numbers offensively, and the defense playing pretty well. Now, yes, I see defense play a little bit better, but they're playing pretty well. Cousins been hot. Jefferson is starting to wake up. Things are going pretty good. Minnesota. I like that. They're going to the Bears with no problem. All right, no problem. Well, no, five point points is nice, healthy, highest plus. Gravity, so, you know. <sighs> Patriots minus plus six point two favors the Lions. Are the Patriots going to be able to score? That's the bottom line. It's the question because if it's the one thing you know, the Lions can do is they can't score. The Patriots are twenty seventh in that one at minus six. Where, where are they average uh, net points for? Points for? Yeah. Points for, you wanted to know where the Patriots are? Uh, they're 24th, 18.5 point game. So they just scoring 18.5 points. The Bears are giving up 35.3. Bears. I mean, Lions. I mean, the Lions. Yeah, Lions. Jeez. <laughs> so it's not all about can the Patriots keep up with the Lions scoring. <laughs> well, if you're playing a team that gives up an average of 35.3, you shouldn't have much trouble scoring. I mean, it's not like they just offense is happy. They're not. Okay. Anyway, digress. Let's make it. The Lions are the first team in NFL history to have scored and allowed a combined 281 points through the first four games of a season. That's a stat for you. How crazy is that? Hey, look, I mean, that, um, we're talking about it, but the particular score that they finished with with the Seahawks, uh, like 48, 45, or something like that. Oh, that was one of those. Strange, yeah. Who well, keeps those stats? You know what? That's one of those obscure things that NFL.com pro football keep. Of all the years, the hundred something years that NFL's been in existence, that's the first time that exact score. Actually, was a finish of the game. Isn't that crazy? That's that's that. But anyway, Jared Goff, who I'm really praising because I thought this guy was going to be mediocre his entire career after leading Rams to Super Bowl and then he got on the lines. I thought he was going to be done. He continues to lead the scoring offensive lines and he was actually 26 39 for 308 yards and four touchdowns this past weekend. But he 
threw a pick six on the first play of the second half, and those points probably ended up being the difference in the game. The Patriots, on the other hand, held their own against Aaron Rodgers for first half in Green Bay, and even picked him off the court to take a 10-7 lead at halftime. So the Patriots, with all their ropes, went to Green Bay and were holding their own against Aaron Rodgers and backers. Back quarterback Brian Hoyer suffered a head injury on the Patriots' second offensive series of the game and replaced by third-string rookie Billy Zappi. I think Zappi was drafted, I believe, already drafted in the fourth round from, like, Western Kentucky or something. Okay? But anyway, Zappi and the Patriots game played pretty well. They played well in the offense. Uh, in the game, the defense continued to battle until the past time before I just pulled away. So, that being said, wow. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. I love lines. I think the score, I think Zappi and the run game will be steady enough and strong enough for Patriots to control the clock and control the ball and just wear the lines down and win the game. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Really? Yes. Going to get wow. guys again. Um, you think that they got the defense with lines, eh? The, uh, well, I, I think the defense benefit from a well-run time-consuming offense. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Well, you don't keep the other team off the off the field. And, uh, right. They can't score from the bench. Bench, as they say. So okay. Right. Uh, you 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 text me. It's like real quick. What's Ellie's make? <laughs> yeah. Now back with third round, uh, third string quarterback. He's making good money. Well, I think once you get, you know, if you're only you know, on the uh, starting team roster and you're a quarterback, you're getting eight hundred thousand dollar range. That's pretty much uh, you got. He got guaranteed six hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars. Uh, so you know, like you said, he is of Western Kentucky. Round four, 137th pick overall to Patriots. So they had their eyes on him. You know, seventh round draft No, no, even fourth round, they actually went after him. Yeah, they had eyes on him. And it's fun. He's not that tall. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I see so many second string backwards in that height range. So I, I think there's something going on with that. You got to be exceptional to be much less to be a bit higher or shorter, you know, and be able to really starting position, uh, a la Kyler Murray or something like that, you know. And but he runs it special. So that's, you know, I'm about it. Okay. But you are going with Patriots and bring the bias. It is correct. Oh man, this is on the limb here. We can't put up all the points against the Lions. This game in New Orleans Saints. The bias was for 1.8. Only 1.8 goes again. They didn't want they won, but they didn't much. I think they won all three, something like that, 45, like that. But 1.8 bias for favorite Seattle Seahawks. And their quarterback. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I thought to myself, and I said this earlier season. If the Seahawks don't make moves, bring it a quarterback. And they actually let Drew Lock and Geno Smith fight it out for the start dive and decide that the winner of the competition is going to be the guy that we go into the season with. That they were basically tanking for this next quarterback draft in 2023. I don't think they had any idea that Joe Smith was going to rise to the occasion that he has. And I'm not saying it's been spectacular. But what's about Joe Smith? Okay. I, I well, 40 points is pretty spectacular, but again, he had a great run game also. Yes, yes, Rashad Penny finally showed up. Rashad Penny finally had a big day, 15 yards and two touchdowns, 70 caps. That's a big a couple really long. Joe had a second three yard game. And uh, let me see, 23 or 30. That's efficient. 20 yards. That's really nice. That's birth fancy numbers. So don't be scared if you need a quarterback to go out there and compete. Guys putting a 300 plus two weeks in a row. That's big. And he threw two touchdown passes. That's big. And he ran one in. That's even bigger. Oh, smokes. Guess what? This is another team that's going to back up. Go back to that same thought. Red Rifle. Like Red Rifle, right? Not in it. I just like the name of Red Rifle. <laughs> yeah, but they're also in Alvin Kamara. And I'm not sure he's going to be back this week. Um, battle last week against the Vikings, but he shot himself in the some big penalties uh, that are being crucial. Um, I think they're going to win the game anyway. I'll tell you the truth. I like the direction that the Seahawks in going in. I really like Gino doing. I can't make myself a Gino right now. He's exceeding all my expectations. I'm picking the Seahawks, going to the Super Dome, and beat the Saints. I'm going with the Bias. with the Bias for Seattle Seahawks. Next week, I, I made a note here. We're turning the two-quarterback system for the Saints with Faisal Hill back in the game. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, he's he back in. So, Red Rifle, um, is, you know, they might not have wanted to do that with Davis. Apparently, they don't have a problem with that with Red Rifle, especially in the red zone, see how that all works out. Um, so, you know, Saints is a close. No, I'm going to talk. I'm sorry. The Seahawks going with Bias. All right, here you go. 
The Miami Dolphins, man, all the news and headlines about the Miami Dolphins. At the New York Jets, the school 8.6 favors those Dolphins. We know won't two at their home. It'll be, we call them? Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves, you ask the question, what did he do? What did Teddy do? All that speed. He's had a week to take on starting reps, kind of get his head together. It's going to be interesting. Uh, they're favorite because they, you know, they really start out with the Jets is coming around. They got to start with that. So, yeah. yeah. Six favorites, the Dolphins. Okay. Quarterback. Who you got? I guess the Bison has the Dolphins. That makes a lot of sense. But two guys slanted to got a second concussion in four days. That is not good. Two concussions in a season is bad. Two concussions in four days is really bad. Okay. But we'll see how he comes out. Supposedly, no one protocols. He's not ready to play again this week. He will be soon, I think. Uh, Take two gloves, took over. And actually didn't play bad. But the Miami defense did. Not expecting that. Not expecting that. Played so well against the Bills. And they didn't show up at all against Cincinnati. That's not good. Instantly on defense is not going to do before. That's kind of the same thing I'm saying about Packers. One week you play great, one week you take a lot of holes. That's not going to work. Okay. Zach Wilson, back from injury, he also revitalized. He didn't have great numbers. He did throw two interceptions. But he put together a fourth quarter, 10 play, 65 yard line with a couple of real nice throws in and led the Jets to come back victory over the Steelers. I like that. I like that. Zach Wilson looks like he's on the long. I am going to pick the Jets to beat the Dolphins at home and make life and have their fans going crazy. Oh, my God. I'm taking the Jets. Oh my goodness, he's going with <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. Well, you got nothing to lose, bro. I think it's hard for this one. Yeah, what you talking about? All right. Atlanta Falcons at the top of the NFL, 4.6 favorite. Those players, we already talked about Falcons being a little bit surprising. Yeah, yeah. Here's a little irony for you. The team is known for their ring game, but defeated by a more dominant game led by a couple of backup running backs. Okay? Atlanta starting running back, Cordell Patterson. Already on a pitch out because of a banged up knee. He was only able to have three yards on nine yards. He just worked touchdown before he was removed from the game. Tyler Algier, a backup, I'm sorry, not the second string back, a rookie running back, carried the ball 10 times for 84 yards. And Caleb Huntley, who I believe is also a had 10 carries for 56 yards and four touchdowns. So although the Falcons have rushed rounds, 202 yards, 277 yards, it might have looked as impressive as it actually was, but they got the job done. Remember, the Browns are Nick Chubb and Green Hunt. They put together 177 yards on the ground. The Falcons put together 202 on the ground without Cordero Patterson, who was already having a really good season. I credit the Falcons' offensive line being able to keep, to keep things up for them with two really young running backs. That's a big plus for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, by the way, Mariota did basically nothing in the game. Crazy. Okay. Now, the Bucs fumbled opening kickoff of their game against the Chiefs and a much-anticipated game that I'm sure a ton of people were watching. But they had to keep in mind that the Bucs have a lot of injuries. I knew it was going to be tough on them, but I thought their defense was going to be good enough to take and make a game. But when you pull the opening kickoff, the Chiefs take over. They score. They fall by 2017. At that point, it's going to be really tough for them to recover, and really never did. They basically had to abandon the run early on and bring in the ball 52 times in a few attempts to come back. Just not happen. Again, I think it's better once everybody's back healthy, but definitely not firepower to come back against the Chiefs. Um, that being said, I don't think they have too much trouble handling the Falcons. It's a division match. It's important. It's one of those in the game just close win scenarios, okay? They have to win that game. It's a division game. The Falcons are going to give them trouble on the ground, but Mario's not going to be able to throw the ball enough. Tell the Falcons have a bad they should win the What you just said about winning games, you're supposed to win. My quote early in the season from Joe Kill uh, said, We got winning games, we're supposed to win. Absolutely. And those were not supposed to win. <laughs> My man. So they win some of the games you're not supposed to win. If you can win all the games you're supposed to win, and some of the games that you're not supposed to win, you should actually be in shape. You're pretty good. All right. You're the fucking going with bias. Yes, sir. And the that Washington Commanders. Oh, he's got a little guessing when you say Commanders. My first three five games is Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Yeah, it's only 5 but I'll tell you, he's not good. So, next week, Ryan Tannehill threw four, two first-half touchdowns, and the Texas defense made three crucial stops in the fourth quarter, and they were able to hold off the Colts, whose own defense was better than who's got Derrick Henry. He ran over them, threw them, around them, and he caught the passes, and people. 
So Derrick Henry looks like that. The offensive line looks like that. It looks like that. And Tannehill is going to be able to do. When you're for the commanders, Carson Wentz pretty much going to be Carson Wentz. <coughs> Not to mention, they were playing Cowboys, who had a furious pass rush. This is what Carson Wentz was going to say. He was only sacked twice, but he got hit 11 times. Oh, bro. Yeah. And he was supposed to be a mobile quarterback. He was a boy. Bro. They don't want him running because he had a lot of that over here running. Fashion <laughs> back, concussions, all that other stuff. Okay? But he's not, and there was a great scrambler. Okay. And again, when you get hit 11 times and the defense doesn't penalize, that means they're within a step and a half of getting to you, you need to let the ball go. That means your offensive line is even leak where you're letting the ball go late. 11 quarterback hits, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know if he's going to catch it before the season's over. I think you better start warming up, bro. It's not good. Okay. Take the tights of the commanders. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. The commanders, again, are absolute last place in net points minus 8.5. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tennessee is only 30th place minus 6.5, um, but they're doing better on turnover. Signed so uh, that, that helps bolster the bias in their favor. And you are going with the bias plus here. All right. Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Bias plus 15 favorites in Jacksonville Jaguars. You want to take a penny? I know you like Davis Mills. Uh, I do like Davis Mills. So let's talk about the Texans. You know, I also love, love, love you, okay? I want Lovey Smith to get every opportunity to try to turn the team around. I hope they hang on to him and don't fire him. They're not in the games. But they have a couple of young kickers that will end up being the core of their team once they actually build it. And they just don't know how to win the games. Dave Mills, through resource, he got set full time, and he's doing intercepts. He's running back in here, so looks really good. He gained 131 yards on 14 carries. Young boy is a beast. One of those was a 75-yard run for a team. Second year wide receiver, Nico Collins. I challenge people out there to tell me you know about Nico Collins, okay? Anybody who thinks about the Texans probably thinks about uh, Brandon Cooks, right? Brian Cooks, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, okay? But the number one receiver on Texans right now is Neil Collins, who just drafted in 2021. He only caught three passes. He had five targets. He caught three balls. Led the team in the game with 82 yards, okay? This guy's a deep threat, good hands, good speed. Those young boys, if they hang around and they let Bobby Smith all to the team start to get this people going, they're going to be the players on team. Now, last week I said after the Jaguars played the Eagles, I would let you know if I thought they were for real. Although he lost the game, 29 to 21, on the road in Philly, in bad weather, pouring out rain, I'm going to say yes. I believe they are real. Even though they ran against the best defense they've seen so far this season. Obviously, go back and team play. Philly is definitely the best defense they've seen. Trevor Lawrence was able to issue drives with touch passes, but he did sack four times. He got hit five times. He lost four fumbles and threw one interception. That effect was a real undoing. If they had been able to protect the ball, we may have had a different outcome in the game. Uh, I'm just saying. I believe. The final score is 29 21, right? We're what, 14 And yes, they start getting hot. So watch out who's Jaguars. That being said, I think Jaguars are far better than the Texans. The Jaguars are who the Texans hope to be next year. Take Jaguars. I don't know if uh, Houston is uh, going to as many first round picks as the uh, Jaguars, though. No, but they're in the way. They're getting there, right? <laughs> they're getting there. All right, my beloved. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. The Carolina Panthers, I'm sorry, Phase of San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I tell you. Go get that Baker guy. Get him. <laughs> Go get that Baker guy. Terrible, man. <laughs> so, Jimmy G the same solid, underwhelming self. Jeff Wilson continued to be the bell cap back. I said he would be after Jim went down. And Deep Samuel continued to be the versatile, big play machine that the Niners just gave a big three-year contract extension to. And I'm basically using it the same way it did the year before, except it looks like it's a little bit less coming out of the back of yourself. But it was the defense that really opened up Hannah Whoopass to defending champion ranks. They got the six, four to be covered in Stafford fumble, and sacked Stafford seven times. Champs fans had to be going, oh, stop, please. <laughs> yeah, the defending champs took a beat. Uh, now, he's great to see him, but everybody know. I'm going to see football. In my main fantasy league, a big, big money league <laughs> to me, okay? I went into the game, it was Monday night, all right? I went into the game down 50 fantasy points. How many? 50 fantasy points. If you're losing a game by 50 points, 
you'll probably lose 95% of the time. But I still had Jeff Wilson and the Niners defense left to play. And with the help of Jeff Wilson's 74-yard rushing and his touchdown, which basically equates to seven and six, that basically equates to like 30 points, okay? And the defense did rest. I won game going at I actually ended up winning about 10. Jeez. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Man, you're right, now, I love the Niners. I really did. <laughs> so, yeah, the Niners, by the way. Panthers you know, have no Two things. I, I don't even want to talk about the Panthers. It's disgusting. I, I still think they're, they're not going to kill as effectively as they could. They're not. And it's bad for me. And uh, the other thing is that Debo touchdown. You talk about that. That catch could have been an interception. Yeah, everybody fell off the tackles that were missed and the tackles that he broke. The catch was actually a really good catch. That was a bit of an error. Yeah. And he had to get that thing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Against the defender. Yeah, I mean, the defender was right there. Right there. Right there. You know, he basically took it off and then went into the end zone. And I want to throw out a uh, uh, to Brandon Ayu, but let's that, let's block that touchdown. Yes. <laughs> yes. With authority. With authority, they went down. And let's not leave out Jalen Ramsey and the decision that he made. Oh, my goodness. They asked, they asked what was uh, Ramsey doing. He said, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> and the guy said, Debo is a fullback that runs a four. <laughs> you want to get That's interesting. That's interesting. That is the first of the four games on Sunday. So get to that four o'clock game. And you know, I like that group, especially because when you watch your red zone, now you're down just four games. You really yes. have a lot of those games. Uh, you going with 49ers on this? Yes, I am. All right. Moving right along. Although LA Rams, uh, you know, they have problems with the Niners. Now they're dealing with a serious rush from the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir. And I'm talking about Cooper. No, you're talking about the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm talking about Yes, sir. I was going to Cowboys. Can LA get back on track, man? I don't know. Uh, first of all, after another defensive performance was turned in by Dallas last weekend, uh, it completely overwhelmed Carson The guy had no chance. They harassed him with several poor throws, two interceptions, and he sagged him twice. After what nine put on Rams last week, uh, they're going to be hard pressed to bounce back against another swarm ball game. I'm going with Cowboys. I'm going with Cowboys. I'm right there. I'm going I owed, uh, okay. Oh, I think this is going to be an interesting game, Danny. Uh, this is last. This is the 430 game. And. Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals, 15 point five score favorites those Eagles. Ooh, that's a big bias. That's, that's a big bias, man. And I think, you know, I think the Cardinals come in here and try to do a little something, something. And I, I just think it's two more quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, you look at that Eagles group, I mean, they're, you know, they're a serious uh, defensive line. And it's going to be interesting to see if Kyler can do anything, if he can survive, <laughs> thrive against that Eagles defense. So I'm going to look forward to seeing. I think that's a little heavy in favor of the Eagles. But I mean, this is a bit, that's basically nothing in Arizona has not looked great. What can I say? Uh, I would have to agree. Um, Yes, the Eagles are the only undefeated team. That's something I love if you're a fan. Excuse me. Yeah, they are playing well on both sides of the ball. And special teams, to be completely frank. Um, the only criticism I could come up with is their lack of scoring in the second half of games, and we talked about that last week. Against the Jaguars, they were challenged in the second half, and they did what they had to do to secure the victory. So, again, another big plus for the Eagles. Uh, the opening stat of the game was the Eagles ran the ball 50 times. That many touchdowns? The Eagles ran the ball 50 times. That includes Taylor Hurt, right? That includes Jalen Hurts, Gainwell, Austin Scott, Sanders, everybody. 50 ran ball from the line of percentage. Wow. 27 of those carries came from Miles Sanders, a healthy Miles Sanders. So this is very encouraging for uh, these fans who've been waiting for Miles Sanders to, to stay healthy long enough to put up numbers like this. They stay very confident, and he's working. 134 yards on 27 carries and two scores. Very nice job by Miles Sanders. Now, the Arizona defense has very good has been good so far this year. Wonderful wonders. They were able to control Christian McCaffrey last week, which actually took all the starts out of the size of attack. Unfortunately, they played the Eagles this week, who have far more going for them than the Panthers do. Offense. Don't expect the same thing from the Cardinals against the Eagles. Eagles to Arizona and take the Cardinals apart. Take the Cardinals apart. Take them apart. Ooh, we're taking that this rich favorite Eagles. He's saying take them apart. He's saying that's the right score. Or better. At least or better. 
at least one better. I, mean, I didn't mention any of the potential um, uh, intriguing games of the week. Let me tell you what I isolated up this point, including this game uh, as a potential intriguing game of the week. So that I have Tampa Bay, Atlanta, I have New Orleans, and Seattle, and I have Green Bay, and Giants. Really? Potential injury games of the week. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's Seattle game. Something about this Seattle game. I mean, first of all, uh, Seattle and New Orleans are 24th and 26th at that point at minus five. We're going to go minus five, too. So they are tied there. You know what I mean? So so you think it's the Cowboys Rams? Not really intriguing that much. You know, I, I kind of like, you know, I see the Rams starting to get rushed. Okay. You know, and uh, so, so I kind of let that alone a little bit. This game here, you know, is a classic, classic pocket quarterback. It's a running quarterback, all running quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. Match up. And uh, you talked about 0.5. That's a half a point by plus score separating the Baltimore Ravens from the Cincinnati Bengals, but the favorite does hold to Baltimore Ravens. Wow. This is going to be tough. Yeah, the, the, the more I think about it, the more this is definitely intriguingly worthy. <clears throat> um, Cincinnati defense, you get nine total quarterback hits on Tua and Teddy Cubs combined. Mm. But one of them bounced to hit off the turf and sent it to the locker room with his second come four days. Now, I think you asked a question. And I will re-ask the question because I don't know if you came up with an answer. That play, it looked like the guy kind of threw up and threw him to the ground. Should that have been a penalty? And was it a penalty? I didn't think it was. I don't remember that coming after you. Yeah, no, it was not a penalty. That was the right. question. Should have been. And let me mention, interestingly, the week before when Tua was injured, right. guy came in after the ball and he pushed Tua. Right. There's no big hit, no helmet to helmet. No, they, they're never going to call that one. Huh? They, they never call those. The push? Yeah. They called it. They did? Yes. It was a penalty on that leg. And the interesting thing was, as I stood down, okay, but the fact, the way he fell, as a running back, you're talking about, you know what I mean? You get you drop roll, you know how to do But the way he fell, but, and then his head is on, bam, like he just went, bam. And I'm like, it looked like a left body control there. And somebody comes in and pushes you, and you go back, and you fall back like that, like you're 87 years old. And something like that just didn't look right. And I did get down. Those guys came in from the side. I'm noticing these tackles where they kind of wrap you, and then they twirl. It might be how they say, shark attacks. It hit you, yes. it spins. Well, when he twirl, he just whipped two down to ramp. Right. Be quite honest with you, again, two didn't look like he had the body strength. Keep his head off the ground, you know, and they had a safe play. I've watched the same tackle with a number of other players, and they were able to run backs. And you know, they got up and went back to up, you know what I mean? And we're talking a little bit more about some tackling, what's going on, some of this, you know, with the technique. But I'm, I'm, that's a technique that they're teaching these guys, especially I think if you hit the quarter camp ball directly on them, so you got to roll to the side. But if you got in a grip and, and, and you start rolling, you got to get them down. And that's when they're slamming these guys down like that. So let's put an eye on that. Uh, yeah, I'm picturing this as you're saying it. And I will say this uh, I noticed a lot of time when running back. Kind of breaks into the secondary, and defensive back has to tackle them, and they got to play the scene. A lot of times they'll grab onto whatever they grab onto, but instead of just trying to hold them and grab it down, they'll contort their body and kind of break them down. That's sort of kind of similar to these guys that are rushing quarterback. The difference is some of them are turning their bodies to avoid falling directly on the quarterback and get penalty. But it isn't being bad for the quarterback because there aren't two more vulnerable positions to be in than following through, finishing throwing the pass. You're not in, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not on any kind of balance or prepared to take any physical confrontation, especially from a guy that probably weighs 275 plus and can bench 500 plus. If somebody that can bench 500 pounds does that to you when you're twisted from finishing on the pass, you're going down. You're going to go down hard. You can't prepare yourself to take it. It's impossible. Well, that's the challenge there. So keep an eye on that. Do you like the Reds? Uh, well, Burrow looked behind strong protection from his offensive line. His offensive line looked way better. Uh, I don't know what they did. I have to assume if it's the same players that looked so bad in the previous weeks that they schemed up something different in with their pass protecting because they protect him well. And I find he threw the ball well. Uh, but the Baltimore game was really rainy. The field was sloppy. Lamar Jackson was unstoppable in the first half, but he got very, very little done in the second half. Future results in the second half. Some of his runs didn't match much. Uh, they did, he didn't have any difference in making big plays. 
the second half was a completely different story the first day. Uh, even still, though, the Ravens found themselves tied 20-20 at the end of the game with an opportunity to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Got down the fourth and goal from the two-yard line, decided to go through it, go for it. Call that play. Lamar took the snap on the shotgun. I don't know if he got a good snap read or not, but I know Dune broke open early, and Lamar evidently did see it. Instead of scrambling or attempting to roll out of the pocket, he drops straight back, and he turned what should have been a 12-yard pass into like a 30-yard pass, and he got it off. I don't know. People are talking about this. People are talking about the hardball making mistake. Should he kick the field goal? Blah, blah, blah. All I know is Mark did not handle that last play very well. Not at all. Consequently, defense broke down. Josh Allen marched the team down the field. Oh, I picked up the end zone. So they got the ball in the tree. So they weren't back up. They marched down the goal range. Kick the field in the game. There's a lot of different scenarios that could have happened. But I will say, Mark didn't handle that last play very well. Now, considering that you texted me and asked me about a certain situation in Madden game chat, what do you think about how the game or that selection uh, of plays to go for it. I, you know, I'm not criticizing going for it, and I'm not criticizing the section plays. Obviously, execution with it, like you said, man broke open. This one looking for Lamar, just drop that guy and, and play point guard, get that ball out quick. You know, and, and you know, I've complained a number of times about guys seeing long, not seeing short in a short position <laughs> when that's all they need. Just as you can turn what should have been a short pass into long pass, and you don't have that much space down in that end zone. Um, apparently, you know, this is a big question when these guys go for it. Uh, are you doing it out of courage or out of fear? And if I'm listening to Baltimore's coach, it sounded like it was a fear. Because he did not think that if he gave the ball back to the Bills, since they had to roll on the second half, that he was going to be able to stop it. But he felt like he gave the best chance to win. It sounded, it sounded a bit fearful. Like you're basically, it's a fear that your defense is not going to get that done. And so, you know, he scored the, the uh, touchdown, and at the very least, you have a tie if they do score. So, you know, team, that's what he read. It is what it is. Um, but this is the type of place that everybody's got high guard. You have the contract. You got to make those plays. It's the time. You know, you what? Mahomes had some situation. He broke out of the pocket, rolled back, drew the defense to him, shot, jump shot. The guy in the end zone. About it. The same right-hand corner of the end zone, even it was. But instead, Lamar dropped straight back, threw off his back foot, and got that wrong. Everything about the execution of the play was wrong. So they got execution. Now, can they execute angles? No. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I must be too soon. Well, go ahead. I got to think about this one for a couple more seconds. Oh, we got to think about this. Well, it is close. I mean, hey, the division matchup, it's in Baltimore. The West supposed to be this again. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this is the toughie. That's cool, you know? That's yeah, cool. This, this is a toughie. Big time defense is like they're trying to get on messy there. Yeah. You know? Uh, again, this is classic, man. Um, and and these things are incredible. I mean, when you look at, uh, okay, let's see. Baltimore is 30 points forward. They're averaging 29.8 points against Cincinnati. They're 13th. They're averaging 22. So that, that gives a lot of it to Baltimore. Baltimore is better than the over. It's also a plus 1.3. Okay. Cincinnati. Okay. I'll give you my Germany fan. I didn't my brain. Oh, you got more Ravens by 24th. Points again, a 25 point game. Cincinnati's uh, ranked eight. They're up 18 points a game. Uh, Does Cincinnati have some problems scoring? Baltimore putting points a game. That's the question. Can Cincinnati put some points up while maintaining that he's against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens? Sheesh. Then I did it. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, my goodness. Uh, eight. Giving 18 points a game. Baltimore's giving 25 points a game. So, uh, Earl, you get it done. And Benny. I'm, I'm a bit biased about doing the as the intriguing game because it's a Sunday night game. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we get to see prime time. Like prime time. Baltimore got their feelings hurt. Baltimore's oh. determined. Eagles seem to have fixed their offensive line goals. Their defense is looking pretty good. They got to two over time. They got to take two gloves over time. They didn't let them run the ball too well, although most of them had halfway decent game by that uh, on the ground. Um, Wow. I'm going to go with the next one. Oh, no. Yes. No. I'm going to go with the next I'm going to go with Wow. I told you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got the first drink now. This is crazy. Oh, we got one more. Monday, Monday night. No. 
Don't get the drink. In the meantime, let me read off the Monday night game at Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. We just talked about Mahomes Magic. My score 9.8. Favorite the Kansas City Chiefs. Hear me talk about this disagreement that you have this year so far. And like, oh, it's the Raiders. We talked the Raiders and this, that, and the other. Uh, I don't know what the Raiders need to do, but I know last week that ran back looked like he was going to or something. Okay. Exactly, exactly my best Okay. So they had one against the division of home last weekend. And Raiders were willing. They had won a game. They were 0 3. Okay. I'm in 3. It was, in fact, their first win of the season. Yes. In the dynamic AFC that we thought was going to be nip and tuck. Teams were going to battle. We're going to split them in a way. It was supposed to be crazy, crazy. Raiders got off to a horrible start. Hopefully, they learned a few things. The number one thing they need to do is Devontae Adams has to get double-digit targets every game. <laughs> that's really? not because you're fancy, is it? No, no, no. That's because, that's because Aaron Rodgers, if I just throw the ball to Devontae Adams, good things are going to happen. <laughs> Derek Carr seems to want to spread the ball around for what I don't know. We have Devontae Adams on the team. I'm not saying he's the guys. I'm not saying he tried to get the other guy passes because Waller is not a really good season, okay, after the process that he showed over the last couple seasons. But Devontae Adams has got to be your go-to guy. You have to throw the ball in 10, 12. This past game, I think he had 30, 15 targets. That's a recipe for winning. Number two, don't give up on your game too soon. Josh Adams has some juice. He proved that against Denver. Josh, I'm sorry, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, right. I don't know why I call him Josh Adams. Josh Jacobs has juice. And don't be afraid to include Jacobs in a short passing game. He can catch. Again, Alabama is running back university lately. Okay? Josh Jacobs is running proud. He can catch Okay? If they do the two things, they'll have a little more success. They'll win some more games. But all I said, the defense has no answer to come home. So this game is nothing. Jeez. Hey, That's a lock. I'm going to add it all up and just. <laughs> no, I mean, if they're going to have defense, you're the biggest critic. You got to do things. But it's not going to help against you. are the biggest critic. According to the defense, they're front runners. They jump in point, they get ahead and score in games. Mahomes gets them uh, a touchdown, two touchdown motion. They pin their ears back and go after the opposing quarterback. Their secondary is not that good. Those guys really can't cover. That's why he's on back on them. But Mahomes is not scoring. All right. They play a rush, but line is playing pretty good. Yeah, but they don't have to worry about run. <laughs> All right. Going with the Chiefs, home with the buys, 9.8. All right, then that is the Monday night football game. And we've done all bias plus reports. There's one last piece that we always take a look at. Bias plus buster of the week. I don't have week three up here. I don't know. Anyway, it's not for week three. That's for week four. Okay. Week four, Arizona Cardinals. Unfavorable bias plus score of 8.6. Net length of 10. J.A. Valley bias. Uh, score 18.6. That was highest uh, differential. I uh, mean, what they were. Unfavored by. And what they were actually scored by. So Arizona Cardinals. I think that's one of the reasons I thought about them again. As being a team that might be able to give the Eagles some run. Uh, because they're you know, trying, to get, trying to act together now. The end. So, okay, first of all, the second preseason. Right now, I'm going to go through like four games. So, we're officially out of the second preseason at four games. And we'll leave it at that. See how this works out as we continue to check the numbers and see how the numbers come back. But, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, you know, they got it done. And they were pretty big on the folks. So, congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals. All right, that wraps up the Bias Club portion of the show. Okay, so let's take a look at Ben and Barry on football Facebook page for our social media comments for the week. All right. First of all, oh, man, let's start off with a little something. Here where we sent our dishes out with Terry Batchel. Apparently, he's having some health issues. And you know, he always Terry because Terry was so much fun on all broadcasts. He usually brought, you know, some extra <laughs> some fusion or something some way. He's a character. He is a character. So um, we all hope it's the best for, for Terry Batchel. All right. Uh, Matt Roll. Apparently, they're trying to call for Matt's head. <laughs> Richard Level. Ah. Well, there you go. Two sweet comment from Ben Dickerson. <laughs> the left we talked about the uh, score. The finals for the Seahawks is the last 48 first time in NFL history. The game ended with that score. That is absolutely amazing. You know anything about the Wisconsin firing of the coach? There's been a couple of bad firings this year in, in college. Uh, this guy, Herman Edwards, got fired at Arizona State. I heard the firing on the field after a loss. Yeah. Yo, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, uh, come here for a second. Uh, 
That's, that's crazy. That's amazing. I, I, I believe this. There's a lot of money in college football. You know, think about money in salary contracts and all that stuff in the NFL. There's a lot of money in college football, and the players aren't getting. So that means administrators, the college themselves, the head coaches, these guys are getting a lot of dough, man. These, these boosters and these big, rich alumni, they don't take too kind of about losing. They like losing seasons, and they don't like losing to their big rivals. That kind of stuff sets them off, and they keep fired. You, you don't see this midseason happen much in college. They usually let you have the season and get rid of the offseason. But, yeah, a lot of patience going on in college football. Okay. Okay, man. I'm like, oh, Michael, what's going on here? Did you see these little conversations between Harbaugh and um, the defensive back? Who's confrontation anyway? Mark Spears. Yeah. Well, Mark Spears is a bit of a loose cannon anyway. He's had a history of uh, having some blow on the sideline and having blow-ups against opposing players. Um, there was a speculation about what caused this little rift. Uh, I don't think – I think what they were saying was Peters wasn't happy about the decision that was made on that fourth and, and, uh, and two. Um, yeah, yeah. This way I look at If you ball and you score a touchdown, you're all good because he's worried about kicking the field. He didn't think there was enough. So if you score a touchdown and kick the extra point, then the other team has to score a touchdown and go for two in order to beat you. If you run the ball and, and get a touchdown, you're all good. If you run the ball and they stop you, even though your defense is a bit injured, the Bills have to drive from the free one for the two. 60, 65 yards just to get in for a little wrench. Okay? You need to say, if you kick a field goal, you have to kick off to them, which saves you time on the clock, saves them time on the clock, and put them in a better position to get in the field goal range. But they can only get in the field goal range, and they kick, you go to overtime. Again, safer than calling this pass play from freaking shotgun. That's what I would have done. I would either run the ball or kick a field goal. I would not call a pass play from the shotgun on a two-sticking yard line with the running quarterback in a freaking league. You play, roll out, Come on. Well, that brings up the whole point about goal line and shotgun, and we had a lot of conversations about that. Um, apparently, that's what they're doing. You know, but in any field, though, it's like if you're a shotgun run back, back away, you still have a chance of getting the yes. yes. But when you go, they the ball. Well, in that case, they're going to throw a run with it. So. But he's going to have to scramble. You know, you always have to be good run. Sure, absolutely. You have to be good at Right, you know, their first thought is they're going to throw. And like I said, I, you know, I think that would be a fear for there. I can see that probably not. Well, Harbaugh believed on analytics. Yes, you believe on analytics? Yes. Oh He's the analytic you're supposed to go for it. They don't touch now. Oh, my goodness. Limit on the analytics. All right, here. Mississippi Welfare Scale Parks calls for Brett Favre to be kicked out of the football hall of fame. Favre didn't comment on this article with people like, you know, they, they, they think that, you know, you're there for your football accomplishments, and you should remain there. What do you think about this whole scam, man? I mean, first of all, it's the school. And I love Brett Favre as a player. I loved his career. I really, really did. I think Brett Favre is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played this game. Not the best. He's up there. When you look up Gunslinger in the dictionary, you see his picture, okay? But this right here, this is despicable. Mississippi is one of, if not the poorest state in the States of America. That money was earmarked for welfare reasons. People that really needed that money, white and black, okay? Well, apparently there was a lot of stuff going on with that because they've even got people on, uh, I guess, the next message type community day talking about how they were, uh, these people in the government uh, of Mississippi were like, oh, yeah. uh, how are we going to divvy up this money to this person, not that person, because they're yeah. and they're doing all types of money. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to put them in a few dollars extra? Give someone to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's great. I, guess, I got a homework assignment for you. What's that? Five every public. All right, we'll, we'll take a look at that. <laughs> but I believe, for, I believe, I believe they will too. This, this, is, this, is, man. this is ugly. I don't know, man. I don't know. I right, talked about Tua. I talked about the Bams here. Let me see if I can show you this video of some of the types of tackles that are actually happening 
right now. And it's kind of scary. And I actually look at body slam tackles. We'll see. Those types of tackles happen. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I don't got that. All right. So I, I just kind of wanted to share that because, because again, you see it. I, you know, I don't have any guess, you know, uh, uh, with an injury because of that. But I'm not too sure. I mean, well, you know, probably not many. I, I, we just had one the other day uh, on Kelsey. Yeah, that'd be fine. The problem is, yeah, it's a contact sport. It's a collision sport. If a defensive player makes contact with a ball carrier and his initial contact, He's able to lift the player off the feet. Thrown into the ground is the natural order of things. I'm sorry, especially football, you might not understand it. But when you get somebody off their feet, you can't just let them go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't do it. You either are going to throw them down or you're going to drive them into the ground, both of which are going to look really ugly. So, you know, again, my question, too, is does he have the body strength that he needs to handle? It's like, unavoidable. They could did, how many times did you see Who's three times the size of two? Bless it. That's my whole point. If they're blessing Roethlisberger, look what they're going to do to him. Right, but not, my point is it's not about strength or anything. Quarterback to throw is in a very, very vulnerable position, regardless of how big they are. Yeah, well, you're not picking up Roethlisberger and throwing him down the way going to do it. I, I think I've seen it done. Uh, well, I, know I've seen, I know I've seen him get driven into the turf. I, do. I can see that. I see that. But, the, you know, but again, he's such a bigger guy. So often, yeah, you know, the majority of you guys are supposed to be size than Roethlisberger's size. What's going to happen? Not them guys that want to lie. I'm talking about them talking about quarterbacks. It's going to happen. It's gonna happen. Well, you got these guys coming in there trying to get sacked. You let the ball go. They're close enough that they know if they make contact, they're not going to get penalized. They're allowed one and a half steps slash two steps, as long as they don't hit you in the head or run you and throw you or slink to the ground and on top of you. They're probably not going to get penalized. So if they push you, both, this is single should use the bench press. If you can lay on your back and bench press three, four, five hundred pounds and two weighs about one eighty, what things going to happen? I don't know if I'm strong enough. Who is? Well, Who is? Well, you know, I, is? I've seen them throw again. I looked at a lot of tackles. That's a lot of tackles. It's not about strength. It's about how you land. But how you land is sometimes with the body strength. Your ability to, to control your body in the air. Or at least okay, control your body. Control your body is way different from body strength. It's two different things. You didn't control the body. Because I've seen that guys like that take it the same way. They get hands back and hit on the top bone and they take it on the arms. And now they hit the hands ground. He didn't do that. And got concussed. Shame on him. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. But let's, you know, Benny, because this was, you know, such a crazy weekend and it had something to do with the dangers of football, it's something that we all have to, you know, think about, you know, and, and at least acknowledge. So in the spirit of acknowledging the dangers of football, I have one final piece of video I will show. And on this I wrote, sports like watching martial mixed martial arts and football are collision sports. Even if it's fighting to another person. That's it. We still watch bubble <clears throat> in the hits. So he doesn't sell in collision sports, so we have to do what we can and take the best care of our athletes that we can. Let me just share this real quick. First of all, the days of running the ball in the end zone are done. All right, hold on a second to the kid. I Can I see the hit again? You want to see the hit again? Yeah. Uh, 
suspicious. But other than that, I believe Joe Segalot, that's what a big time head. Oh, okay. All right. So the ball carrier gets hit while his foot's planted. Looks like he's probably got some kind of a knee injury. Could be, could be mine. The guy that he tackled hit his leg, his shoulder, but it looked like his head went into the ball carrier's torso. Okay. So that jumps neck. He got worse. I was still happy to see him give the thumbs up and him off on the cart. Man, he probably was able to move his extremities and did sustain a bad head and That's a good thing. Only the guy that carried the ball did sustain actual knee injury. That'd be a good thing. So it looked really, really ugly. Probably, hopefully, came out okay for both players. The main point is to say that football is a collision sport. It's a dangerous sport. And we have to recognize the knowledge for what it is. And appreciate him that our life, or lack of a better word, that one of the things that it backs up. It's like people mix martial arts, you know, fights. They're very different for the fight. You know, they're the guy. You know, get into a bit. That's just part of it. Now, I apologize for it. I mean, that's what people, you know, like watching boxing. It's also sport. You know, we, we love watching Tyson knock people all the time. So, I mean, that's part of the game. It's a religious sport. But it is something to respect about game of football. And that's the only reason that I really showed that. We have to respect both the positives and the negatives that come out of that sport. That's my one. All right? All right. Now, that wraps up this portion of the on football. I don't have anything left. What do you got? I'm going to go nose. Go nose.